Hare Krishna. So how are you all doing? Are you all nicely, comfortably situated? Are you all happy with your breakfast? And how did you like this morning's Bhagavatam class? <laughs> Given by His Grace Bhagavat Ashraya Prabhu. Naturally Bhagavat Ashraya gave a wonderful Bhagavatam class. <laughs> Thank you, Hare Krishna. <clears throat> I'm wondering whether I should start with a kirtan, but then kirtan, uh, like since everyone got the thing and the songs are there, like maybe I can have this and the, the table in front and the harmonium there. <laughs> So we'll sing a song in glorification of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. It's on page six. Uh, <clears throat> so I'll take the second song. It goes like Gora Gunodaushuni. Bohu punna fale shokohu milalu premo parushamunu akhilo jiber eshoko shagor nayanu nimeshe shoshe oi premo lesh parushuna paile parano jurabe kishe oruno nayone boruno alay korunai nirikhane Madhuro alape akhare akhare shudhadhara borishane preme dhalo dhalo pulake puralo apado mastako tonu basu devo kahe shatodhara bahe shumeru shinchito jonu I hear the song of Lord God anyway uh, it's a translation, I should have checked it before. Gora Gao Shuni, please sing the glory, sing the wonderful qualities of Gora Shri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Bohu Punna Fale Shopohu Milalo Premo Parashamani. Due to heaps of pious activities, we have found that Lord, who is a touchstone of Akhilo Jiber Eshoku Shagor Nayanu With a wink of an eye, he dries out the suffering conditions of all fallen souls. How can a person who has not even a small fragment of love for him bring cooling happiness to his own life? The glances for, from his reddish eyes are all oceans of mercy. Syllable by syllable, 
His sweet words are flooding monsoon showers of nectar. <laughs> he sheds tears of ecstatic spiritual love. From head to foot, the, air, the hairs of his body stand erect on bliss. Vasudev Ghosh says, He is like a golden mount, Meru, where hundreds of flooding rivers flow. His <clears throat> so everyone ready to sing that song? With me, of course.
నమస్తే సరస్వతి దేవి గౌరవాని ప్రచారిణి నిర్విశేషున్నవాది రాజసా 
those who are in the mode of passion, they remain in the middle, that is in this Bhul Loka, Earth planet. And Javanna Guna Prittistha, Adhubachyanti Kamusha, those who act in the mode of ignorance, they go down, the lower region. So this is how our actions are being enacted in different modes and accordingly different reactions are generated. Uh, mode of goodness takes us, elevates us. Mode of passion makes us remain wherever we are. And mode of ignorance uh, takes us down. So that is our activity. But the Lord's activities are not subjected or not uh, performed in the modes of nature. And neither does he become affected by his karmic reactions. His karma does not generate reaction. Leela, that's the Leela. The Lord's out of his own sweet will, he acts. And that's why these pastimes of the Lord has often compared to a drama. Pastimes pastimes, like playfully enacted, like he just, like like in a play, he just acting like that. Like it's, uh, simple words, it's like a drama. What's the difference between drama and real life? In drama, the dramatist can uh, write it according to his own uh, plan. Should I kill the villain now? No. If I kill the villain now, then all the fun will be gone. <laughs> the conflict will be gone now. now. Let the villain remain alive for a little longer. Let the villain beat up the hero a little longer. And this will create uh, the conflict. And as a result of that, there will be more excitement. A good drama has these... Uh, a good drama must have conflict. The more the conflict, better the drama. And in order to create the conflict, there is the hero, there is the villain. And in between there is the heroine. So, <clears throat> Krishna's pastimes are like that, like drama. He just acts. Sambhavami Atmamayaya. He comes out of his own sweet will. Prakritiṃ sham adhishthaya sambhavami atmamayaya. Janma karma chame divyam. My birth and my activities are divine. Divine. It's not affected by the laws of material nature. It is enacted by the divine arrangement of the Lord's sweet will, which is executed by His Jogomaya, Sambhavami Atma Maya. So when we enter into the pastimes of the Lord, this is the first thing that we must have, the very clear understanding that we must have, that His activities Although apparently is appearing to be like any 
ordinary human beings' activities, but they are not. Especially Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's pastimes. Krishna's pastime, Krishna is actually displaying. Krishna's active, Krishna came eh, as the Supreme Personality of God and is acting like the Supreme Personality of God. But Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is not. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is acting as a devotee, as an ordinary human being. He is not performing his pastimes as the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Yet, his devotees can recognize him. Yet, his identity as the Supreme Personality of Godhead is becoming revealed time and time again. But it's only the devotees who can register that. So that's one thing I just wanted to mention at the beginning of the session. Now, Sri Chaitanya, yeah, another important point. What is the purpose of a drama? Doesn't, I'm sure Bhagavata Shri Prabhu knows, because Bhagavata Shri Prabhu used to be an actor before. <laughs> so, uh, <clears throat> a drama, a good drama must have two elements in it. Entertainment and education. A good drama must be entertaining. And there must be some something to learn from. So Krishna comes to entertain his devotees. And he conveys a very important message. And what is that message? The simple message is Mame Kam Sharanam Surrender unto me. Time and time again through his pastimes, Krishna is actually making that simple point. If you go against Krishna, what will happen? He'll be in trouble. Whereas, if you surrender unto Krishna, then all auspiciousness will be there. Your life will become full of joy, full of happiness. Because Krishna takes care of you. You surrender to Krishna and Krishna will take care. That's the condition that he made. Ahantuam sarvopapi bhyo moksha ishami I shall deliver you from all your sinful reactions. Don't worry about that. So, now, what is the purpose? Why should Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came? Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's appearance has two purposes. One is external, the other is internal. The external purpose, that is, which is the, the apparent purpose, is to make us recognize Krishna as the Supreme Personality of Godhead and the goal of life to surrender unto Him. That is the external reason. If we can go deeper into that, we can see Krishna doesn't come. Although he says, Sambhavami Juge Juge, I appear in every millennium, every Juga. But Krishna, the original Supreme Personality of God, he doesn't appear in every Juga. He comes once in a day of Brahma. And once in a day of Brahma is 1000 Chatur Juga. 1000 Chatur Yuga means combination of four Yugas multiplied by 
1000. Treta, Dwapar, Kali, they together, they, compo- they compose one Chatur Yuga or Deepa Yuga and thousand such Deepa Yuga is a day of Brahma. And in a day of Brahma, Krishna comes once. The original Supreme Personality of Godhead. That original Supreme Personality of Godhead, his identity is, he is not from Vaikuntha, he is from Vrindavan. He is not even the son of Devaki Vasudev. He is the son of Nanda Maharaj and Jasura. He is not from Dwarka or Mathura. He is from Vrindavan. That is the identity of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. The Supreme Supreme Personality of Godhead. The original Supreme Personality of Godhead. From whom other incarnations have become manifest. Like his first manifestation, first expansion is Balaram. Then from Balaram expands the Chaturguha of Dwarka. Vasudev Shankarshan Pratumna Aniruddha. And then from this Shankarshan expands the Narayans of Vaikuntha. From this Narayana of Vaikuntha also has Chaturguha. From this Shankarshan expands Mahavishnu or Karana Dakshaya Vishnu, who lies in the causal ocean. It's due to his breathing that the universe has become manifest. So, <clears throat> Vishnu is, Vishnu expansion of the Lord is in relation to the material creation. Mahavishnu lies in causal ocean and due to his breathing, the bubbles that are generated, each bubble is an universe. And then he enters into each universe as Garbhodokshaya Vishnu. Then he enters into the heart of every living entity as Kshirodokshaya Vishnu. So, uh, this is how the Lord expands But The original Supreme Personality of Godhead is Krishna. So, he came to reveal the identity of Krishna and at the same time give Krishna praying. And the basis of that Krishna Prem is the holy name. He came to give Krishna Prem and the way to give Krishna Prem is through the chanting of the Hare Krishna Mahamantra. Namo Mahavadannaya Krishna Prema Pradayate Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came in order to distribute Krishna Prem. Krishna Prema Pradayate Krishnaya Krishna Chaitanya Namne So that is the supreme <coughs> appearance of the supreme personality of Godhead as a devotee. And he came to distribute Krishna Prem, Krishna Prema Pradayati. Krishna Prem is actually the most rare object of the spiritual world. The most precious object of the spiritual world is love of Krishna. The loving relationship with the Supreme Supreme Personality of Godhead. So, uh, he came to give Krishna Prem, but how to give Krishna Prem? What is the basis from which this Krishna Prem is distributed? The Holy Name. So that's why he appeared, he came to establish this 
Sankirtan movement which is uh, congregational chanting of the holy name of the Lord. So, when the Lord appeared, He made the arrangement in such a way that at the time of His appearance, everyone would chant. Uh, the people in general would chant the holy name of the Lord. So, how did He appear? He appeared at a rather inauspicious time. Inauspicious time is when the eclipse takes place. Rahu is swallowing the moon. So it's a very inauspicious situation. And at that time, generally in India, uh, to counteract the inauspiciousness, there is a custom of chanting the name of the Lord. So because it was the, the lunar eclipse at the time that everyone was chanting the holy name. So it is said that uh, making everyone chant the holy name, the Lord descended. Then even as a child, uh, he, was, he made the ladies uh, chant the holy name. He used to cry and nobody could stop him from crying. He was crying and crying. Then accidentally, uh, one lady just sometimes, uh, just uh, people uh, or you all also do that. Hare Krishna, what's happening? Hare Hare, this child is not going to stop. But as soon as he heard the name uh, of the Lord, he stopped it's crying. And then again he started crying. And again when they chanted the name of Hari, he stopped crying. So this is how, uh, like, through the pastimes of crying, he made the ladies chant the holy name, even as a child. So it became like a game, like, he would cry and they would start chanting. When they would stop, he would start crying. When they, they would start chanting, then he would stop crying. So this is how he was, even as a child, he started to make everybody chant the holy name of the Lord. In this way, the Lord started to enact his pastimes. Time and time again it became apparent that he is the Supreme Personality of God. Although it appeared to be like uh, unusual activity, unusual happening, but uh, one could see, like for example, sometimes when he is just lying in his bed as a, as a little baby, his parents would hear the sound of ankle bells from coming from the room. So they would wonder what happened. Well, there's nobody in the room but the child. And he doesn't have any ankle bell on his legs, on his uh, feet. But why there's the sound? Then they would go inside the room and they would see that there are marks of Lord's lotus feet. 
Lord's lotus feet can be identified by the auspicious marks like uh, the mark of flag, mark of uh, thunder, uh, mark of goad. In this way, his feet is marked with different auspicious signs, which is not there, which cannot be there in other living entities' feet. So they would see those marks and they would wonder what's happening. Like then they would wonder, like his, his own parents uh, couldn't recognize him. They would consider maybe Bal Gopal from the altar, he came and started to walk. And <clears throat> when he is about four years old, one Brahmana was invited by Jagannath Mishra to the house. It is a culture, the Vedic culture, that the the sannasis and wandering mendicants are often invited to the house. So this was a brahmana who used to travel from one place of pilgrimage to another. So, so this brahmana had his Bal Gopal. He used to worship Bal Gopal. He is a worshipper of Bal Gopal. And he used to cook with his own hands and offer to Balgopal and then only you take the remnants of Prashant. So Jagannath Mishra made all the arrangements for him to cook and so the Brahmana cooked and when he was offering to his Balgopal, baby Nimai, just about four years old, came there and started to eat the Prashant eat the offerings. So the Brahman as he opened his eyes and he saw this boy is eating, he uh, cried out, Oh my God, this boy has spoiled my offering. So everyone came running hearing his cry. And Jagannath Mishra saw what happened. He was very upset. He felt that this boy is such a so naughty and causing such a disgrace. So he was very angry. He was about to beat him. But the Brahmana stopped him. He he's like a child. He's just a child. What does it mean? By uh, hitting him, by beating him, how, what kind of lesson you are going to give him, teach him? So then, Brahmana, Jagannath Mishra desisted, but he re repeatedly requested the Brahmana, please cook again. So Brahmana said, no, like, I travel all the time, sometimes in the forest. I don't get anything to eat. I sometimes get some fruits and roots. So I am used to fasting. And so it seems that uh, the Lord doesn't want me to eat tonight. So, but due to Jagannath Mishra's persistence, his repeated request, the Brahmana agreed to cook again. And this time Nimai was taken out of the house so that he cannot uh, spoil the offering again. He was taken to his aunt's house, uncle's house, Chandrasekharacharya's house. And there the ladies were surrounding him and they started to tell him jokingly, Nimai, you lost your caste. 
this brahmana who knows from which even even among the brahmanas there are different classes of brahmana and the higher class brahmana will not eat the offering cooked by a lower class brahmana so <clears throat> so you say that this brahmana who knows from what caste he is coming from and you ate his food his his cooking you lost your caste nimaji response was I love to eat the offerings of the brahmanas. <laughs> and you are saying losing my caste. Does a coward man lose his caste by eating the cooked food by brahmanas? Nobody could understand why you were speaking like that. And so <clears throat> then the brahmana cooked again and as he was making the offering again this little boy came and started to eat the brahmana cried out again he spoiled my offering again so jagannath mishra came extremely angry but again brahmana stopped him from chastising this little boy and although jagannath mishra was requesting him please cook again but he said it's already almost midnight so there is no need to but just give me some fruits and roots so that will be fine for me so at that time vishuru nimai's elder brother chaitanya mahaprabhu's elder brother came there so vishuru uh, heard what happened and vishuru requested the brahmana please eat again cook again and take prasad after offering so the brahmana although he was uh, reluctant but hearing vishuru request like that he became so touched and especially he was awestruck seeing vishuru's beauty he was so handsome like so he just kept looking at him and when vishuru told that please eat please cook because if a guest remains uh, remains hungry in the house of a in the house of a householder that brings inauspiciousness to the family one good lesson to learn when a guest comes feed him nice <laughs> because otherwise it brings inauspiciousness to the household so so when we should have appealed to him in this way please cook again and save us from this inauspiciousness so the brahmana agreed to cook so this time they didn't want to take any chance nimai was not only taken out of the house nimai was uh, taken to a neighbor's house the door was bolted from outside inside the ladies were surrounding nimai and outside jagannath mishra was sitting in front of the door with a stick in his hand uh, not taking any chance at all <laughs> so brahmana cooked 
In the meantime, uh, it was so late at night, and also due to the influence of Jogamaya, everyone fell asleep. So Brahmana saw that the boy again in front of him. <laughs> so he was about to cry out. So Nimayajan then told him, what, pers- what kind of person you are? You ask me to come and eat, and when I come and eat, then you say, he spoiled my offering, he spoiled my offering. <laughs> then Chaitanya Mahaprabhu showed his identity as the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And he told the Brahmana not to tell anybody. And he told the Brahmana that you are my dear devotee, life after life. And they, they, from then onwards, the Brahmana, although he was a toitik, he was a wandering mendicant, he was, he was just traveling from place to place, but he dis- from then onwards, he just stayed in Navadip. He didn't go anywhere. And every morning, he would come to Jagannath Mishra's house, have the darshan of this little boy, and then he would go. So, in this way, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was performing his wonderful childhood pastimes. He was extremely naughty as a little child. Extremely naughty. Like he would <coughs> go to the the girls. Huh? It's a custom in India that young girls worship Durga and Lord Shiva to get a good husband. So these girls would go to the bank of the Ganges and with flowers and sandalwood paste and fruits and sweets, they would worship Durga and Lord Shiva. So Nima would go there and sit in front of them and say, who are you worshipping? There is no need to worship Durga and Shiva. Worship me. <laughs> because Durga and Shiva are my maid servant and servant. Durga is my maid servant and Shiva is my servant. So what's the use what's the use of serving the servants when the master is there? And these girls would become completely annoyed and very upset. Am I what are you saying? That's complete blasphemous. Never ever speak like that. Nimai would say, I know what I'm talking about. Anyway, the point is, as I told you, of worship me. There's no need to worship. Shiva and Durga. And saying that, he would take the sandalwood paste and he would smear it in his body. <laughs> and he would take the fruits and sweets and he would start eating. So the girls would cry and they would try to protest. And the man said, look, if you worship me, then as a result of that, you'll get a handsome husband, handsome as Kartik, generous as Lord Shiva, and valiant as demigods. And in this way he would just tell them. 
some girls without offering run away from there with their offering. Nema would say, <clears throat> those who don't worship me and offer these offerings, they'll get a husband who is 75 years old. <laughs> we'll have uh, three co-wives. And the appearance of the husband, and you describe like that. And then these girls would come running back and <laughs> to take that <laughs> offering. Sometimes Nima would go to the bank of the Ganges. And you see, in India, there's a certain... In India, the way to take bath is, the staircase goes into the river. And there is one ghat, this, this staircase that leads to the river, is called ghat. So some of these uh, ghats are for women and some for men. So <clears throat> Nima would go and take the women's clothes to the men's side and men's clothes to the women's side. So when they would come out of there, after taking bath, they would see that instead of their clothes, some other clothes are there, they will come completely embarrassed what to do. Obviously, the women cannot wear men's clothes, and men couldn't wear women's clothes. Then Nima would go to the river, and when he would see that somebody is chanting Gayatri, standing on the river, half-merged, half-submerged, Nima would go and tell them, Who are you worshipping? See? The personality whom you are worshipping is standing in front of you. <laughs> Nobody could understand why he was speaking like that. Rather, <clears throat> they would get extremely upset. And when they would get upset, uh, Nimai would uh, take water in his mouth and splash it on their body. Sometimes when someone is chanting, standing on the river, uh, Nimai would grab them, grab his legs, and drag him into the middle of the river. And people would think that some crocodile has attacked that person. <laughs> and this is how Nimai would play his childhood pastimes. And obviously they would go, the girls would go and complain to Mother, Mother Sachi, Sachi Mother. And men would go and complain to Jagannath Mishra. Jagannath Mishra would get very upset. And with a stick in his hand, he said, this boy has to be chastised. He has to be punished. Otherwise, he is becoming completely impossible. So when the girls would see Jagannath Mishra is coming in such angry mood, they would run to Nimai and say, look, your father is coming. <laughs> and when <clears throat> Jagannath Mishra displays such angry mood, the people, those who complain, they themselves will say, you see, after all, we don't mind. Somehow we like when he does things like that. So please don't get angry with him. Please don't chastise him. But still, Jagannath Mishra is so angry, he would now catch him. And being informed by the girls like that, then Nimai would take the other road and he would be coming completely dry. Uh, his hands and feet, hands and face has the marks of ink that he was writing with, his clothes a little dusty, and Jagannath Mishra would tell him that, uh, what have you been doing? 
is the word. I'm just coming from the school. Didn't you go to the Ganga? Didn't you do all these things? Do I look like I'm coming from Ganga? <laughs> I'm coming from the school. So this is how Nimai would perform his childhood pastimes and Jagannath Vishnu would be completely bewildered. That's true. This boy doesn't look like he has done all these things. His hair is dry. He doesn't look like he had been into the river. And so <clears throat> this is how Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was performing his pastimes just to give pleasure to his devotees. That is the purpose of Lord's performing pastimes. Iti Driksha Lilabhir Ananda Kunde Shagosham Nimajyantam in this way, Shah Lilabhi, performing his pastimes, Shagosham Nimajyantam Akkhapayantam. Shagoshami, devotees, his devotees. He drowns his devotees in a ocean of ecstasy. So the Lord would perform his pastimes to just drown his devotees in an ocean of ecstasy. Ananda And then Nimai was sent to Gangadash Pandit school. He was extremely brilliant. He would just hear one thing once and he would remember it. Like what would take others to learn for years, he would just in a very short while he mastered all the subjects. And he completed his studies at a very young age, like superseding all the elderly people. And <clears throat> at the age of 11, he started his own school. And he was, his teaching was so brilliant that many, many students started to come to him. So his place was... He defeated all kinds of scholars, yet he maintained a very humble attitude. Like he would defeat somebody and he would make him feel very comfortable about that, as if nothing had happened. He wouldn't feel any embarrassment. In the meantime, Vishuru took Sannas and Bishuru, from his young book, from his young early age, he was very serious, very scholarly, always absorbed in uh, studying scriptures and discourses. Advaita Acharya used to live there at that time. He had his house, Advaita Acharya. He was very senior. He was even older than. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's father, Jagannath Mishra. And <clears throat> it is Advaita Acharya who actually brought Krishna, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Like Chaitanya, he is seeing the condition of this world. He felt that only the Supreme Personality of Godhead can rectify the situation. Therefore, he started to invite him, ask him to come offering 
Tulasi and Ganga water. He would offer Tulasi, Ganga, uh, loudly chanting for Krishna to come. God Hukaru, God Janat. He would roar like a lion requesting Krishna to come. And at some point, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu mentioned that I was peacefully sleeping in the milk ocean. And I woke up due to the screaming and shouting of Nara. Nara was Adhikacharya because he shaved his always shaved head. So he so this is this therefore Adhikacharya is also considered to be the one who brought Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to this world. So Adhikacharya used to discuss Krishna consciousness in his house surrounded by other brahmanas and this younger brother, elder brother of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Bhisharu, used to always go there. And he used to stay there till late night and come back home. As you saw when this brahmana, when he has finished his second offering, which was almost midnight, Bhisharup actually came home. So Vishwarup gave up uh, gave up all his attachment to this material world and took sannas. Actually, uh, Jagannath Mishra was planning to get him married. So when Vishwarup saw that the arrangement is being made for him to get married, he left home, took sannas. So <clears throat> everyone naturally was very heartbroken that Vishwarup took sannas. And because those days when somebody took sannas, it actually meant that he was lost forever. Lost forever. Could never come back home. Never, no one would ever see him. Those days communication was practically non-existent. Very little modes of communication. So, <clears throat> and another thing is, sannas, taking sannas means leaving the previous life completely. Actually, one aspect of sannas ceremony is to die. Previous life is finished, dead. It's a completely new birth. So, Visharup uh, was completely lost after taking sannas. So one day, Nimai, already everyone was heartbroken. One day, Nimai had a dream and he told his parents about that dream that Vishuru was calling him that come and join me. Meaning, you also take sannas. So when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said that, then Jagannath Mishra and Sachimata became very worried. And Vishwarupa at that time, Vishambhar, uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu at that time promised that no, I will be, I'll take care of you, don't worry. I'll become a householder and I'll take care of you. But still, uh, Jagannath Mishra had his reservation. He felt that due to his studies that Bishwarup 
understanding the futility of this material existence, he took sannyas. So, stopped the studies of Nimai. Let him remain ignorant, but let him stay at home. So, Nimai didn't like that. He wanted to study. So, in order to... So, one day, they found that Nimai is sitting at a dirty place. You see, in India, those days, in the villages, they used to cook in earthen pot, clay pots. And after using the clay pot once, they would discard it. And where they would discard uh, is considered to be a dirty place. And it was actually dirty because the cooking used to take place with uh, log fire, wood fire. So there used to be soot. So all the pots used to become black with soots. And <clears throat> so Nimai is sitting there. And plus, you see, all the remnants of the food, rotten food and uh, leftover, everything is thrown there. They would make, make a hole and throw all that. So, Nimai was sitting there. So, Sachimata came, Jagannath Mishra, Sachimata came and asked, why are you sitting there? It's a dirty place. And Nimai reasoned with them, but they kind of reasoned that this is dirty. So Nimai tried to point out that uh, ultimately everything is one. So what is uh, what is uh, the duality of dirty and clean? So then uh, Sachimata actually pointed out the difference how everything is not one. That was also another constant. Anyway, so let me point that out. How smart, how learned the ladies used to be also those days. Sachimata defeated that argument. Advaitavada. The non-dualism. Everything is one. That is one branch of philosophy. So Sachimata made, made that point that, yes, fine, everything is a transformation of earth. So the Sandesh, which is a transformation transformation of earth, when you eat it, you relish it, and you become healthy and strong. But if you eat raw earth, clay, then you'll become sick. So same earth, transform, you're saying transformation of earth is everything. So how different transformations have different effects. So then Nimai said that if you don't allow me to study, then I'll remain ignorant. How will I understand the difference? <laughs> so all the neighbors then also came and appealed to Jagannath Mishra that, uh, look, children don't want to go to school to study. And this boy is so keen to study and you are preventing him from going to school and study. So this is how Jagannath Mishra was convinced to let him go to resume his studies. Then one day, uh, Nimai saw uh, Lakshmi Devi, Lakshmi Priya. 
and just by seeing both actually stood there glancing, looking at each other as if the Lord now saw his eternal consort. And Lakshmi Devi also saw her eternal Lord and Master. And then <clears throat> by there was in India there is a custom that arrangements, the marriage uh, matches are made through a middleman. Some Brahmanas they are called Ghatak. Uh, Ghatak means those who make it happen. <laughs> so they come and they carry the message. Look, this person's daughter is qualified in such a wonderful way. He's a, she's the right match for your boy. And then they would uh, consider the, the astrological chart. And they will also consider the different backgrounds of different families. And this is how the marriage would be arranged. So, uh, similar in a similar way, Nima's marriage was arranged with Lakshmi Priya. And then uh, it has been a very love, very beautiful description. I'm not going to get into that, the description of the wedding. Like... Uh, that's another thing, like you can see the Vedic culture is so profound, so rich, that every single ceremony used to be so grand and gorgeous. And it was not just a one-time thing, it would carry on for a lot, for days together. And so uh, Nimai in this way got married to Lakshmi Priya and and he was studying and in the meantime Jagannath Mishra left his body. Before he got married, Jagannath Mishra actually left his body. And then Nimai felt the need to, to collect wealth. So he decided to go to East Bengal, what is today's Bangladesh. So we can see that that part of Bengal was so opulent that uh, in order to collect wealth, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu went there. But actual purpose was to distribute Krishna consciousness there. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu went to Bangladesh and on the bank of, he settled down on the bank of the river Parmavati and there many students came, started to study under him and there actually Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu started his Sankirtan for the first time. He gave them the Hare Krishna Mahamantra and started the, the chanting of the holy name of the Lord. And there he had many students and one day one person came to him. His name is Tapan Mishra. Tapan Mishra was very, very learned. And Prabhupada is pointing out that the, the problem of studying too much, too many scriptures, it simply confuses you. So Tapamishra, after studying so many scriptures, he was so confused, he couldn't figure out what is the ultimate goal of life. Uh, he was considering what is the ultimate goal of life. So then one day, he had a dream that a uh, saintly personality came to him in a dream 
and told him that you go to Nimai Pandit and he will guide you. So Tapan Mishra came to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu taught him the goal of life. In simple words we can say he gave him the simple understanding of Bhagavad Gita. What is the soul? What's the difference between the body and the soul? Where does the soul come from? The soul is the part and parcel of the Supreme Personality Godhead. But because of his aversion towards Krishna, he has fallen into this material nature and he is undergoing various kinds of suffering. Therefore, the goal of life is to surrender unto Krishna. Aversion to Krishna, detachment to Krishna has caused us this bondage in the material nature which is causing us suffering. So, if you want to become free from your suffering condition, then the surrender to Krishna. Go to the root. What is the root cause of our suffering? Aversion to Krishna. So, what is the way to rectify that cause? Attachment. So, Tapan Mishra was so impressed and by hearing Chaitanya Mahaprabhu that he wanted to follow Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He said, wherever you go, I will go with you. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, no. You go to Benaras, Baranashi, and I'll meet you there. And now consider, at this time Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was hardly, uh, hardly 16 years old. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu went to Benares uh, about 10 to uh, 10, 12 years after that. But he just said that, uh, you go there, I'll meet you there. So anyway, so this is how Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu uh, delivered uh, Tapan Mishra and instructed him to go to Benaras or Baranashi. Then <clears throat> Sri Chaitanya, it has been described, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu returned home with great wealth and following. Of course, he is the Supreme Personality of God here, but uh, he is performing his, I mean, he doesn't need any wealth. I mean, he owns all the wealth. But through these pastimes, as if he went to collect wealth. He went to East Bengal. And he had, he came back with a lot of followers. Then, in the meantime, due to the separation from Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Lakshmi Priya Devi left her body. When Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was away, she couldn't bear, bear the pain of separation. So she left her body. Apparently, it was she was bitten by a snake uh, and she left her body but it was the snake of separation that caused her to leave her body. So <clears throat> then uh, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu uh, married again to Vishnu Priya. There was this uh, very exalted Brahmana Sanatana Mishra and his daughter, extremely beautiful, endowed with 
wonderful qualities. So, Sachi Mata requested Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to get married, so he get, got married again. So this is also another important thing to note, that the Lord has generally has two pleasure potents, I mean two expansion of his pleasure potency. One stays on his left hand side and the other is on the right hand side. When you go to South India you will see the deities of Narayan has two uh, Lakshmi's on two sides. These two expansions of the Lord are known as Sri Devi and Bhu Devi. Sri Devi and Bhudevi. Shri Devi was Lakshmi Priya, manifestation of Shri Devi was Lakshmi Priya Devi and manifestation of Bhudevi was Vishnu Priya Devi. So, <clears throat> Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was extremely scholarly, extremely powerful uh, individual. He was, nobody could defeat and there is a uh, thing you can say in English, simple English, you can say that arguments based on logic, naya logic. So, based on logic and they would make the day appear to be night. They would prove the day to be night. So, this is how Chaitanya Mahaprabhu would defeat everybody. And then he would re-establish, no, the day is day. <laughs> so, so this is how uh, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was. And as a result of that, especially the Vaishnava devotees, they, like Advaita Acharya, Srivash Thakur, Mukunda, Murari, they were elderly, they were older than Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. But Chaitanya Mahaprabhu would challenge them. And they're called the uh, word, I mean, the streak of word jaguary. And they would get into kind of, and they would consider it's just a waste of time. And they would uh, sometimes tell Nimai Pandit, Nimai, why are you wasting your time in all kinds of unnecessary uh, argument and debate? Become a devotee of Krishna because that's the ultimate goal of life. The purpose of education is uh, to develop devotion to the lotus feet of Krishna. Sheishabhidharfal jani manishcha. Recognize the fact that the goal of life, goal of education is to develop devotion to the lotus feet of Krishna. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu would jokingly say, it will happen sometime. And when I become a devotee, you all will faint. <laughs> and so in this way, uh, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is displaying uh, his scholarship in his young days. At that time, there was a great scholar who came from Kashmir. His name is Keshav. Because he was from Kashmir, he was called Kashmiri. Uh, 
Keshav Kashmiri. In India there is a custom, just like here also, like you have Australian or Sydneyite. Similarly, Keshav Kashmiri, Keshav who is who hails from Kashmir. He, were, he had the benediction from Lakshmi Devi that she would reside in his tongue, in his mouth. That means through him she would speak. Or whatever he would speak is her words. So she is the goddess of learning. So nobody could defeat Keshav Kashmir. He was undefeatable. And he traveled throughout India, from Kashmir, he went, traveled to the west, to south, and then finally he came to east. The only place that is left now to conquer, Navadip. Navadip also is another well-known place of scholarship. And <clears throat> Sukeshav Kashmiri Although Navadip scholars were famous for their scholarship, but they all were, when they heard about Keshav Kashmiri coming, because they already heard about him, his exploits. So they became very, very worried. And they didn't want to come out of their house. Some of them even ran away from their house out of fear uh, of being challenged by him and being defeated. So Keshav Kashmiri then came to Navadip and he was waiting. No one is coming. So if he could defeat, defeat the scholars of Navadip, then he would be recognized as the greatest scholar of India. So Keshav Kashmiri is waiting. Then one day he was strolling on the bank of the Ganges one evening. And he saw one young boy, very handsome, surrounded by many, many young, other young boys. He's teaching something. So he went there and he asked, what are you teaching? Oh, I'm teaching just some simple grammar. What's your name? My name is Nimai. Oh, so you are that Nimai Pandit, uh, who is well known for his scholarship. So he said, well, people out of affection call me a scholar, but you can see that I'm just a young boy. So then he said, so let's see what is the extent of your learning. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, now that I found you, let me take advantage of your association. We heard so much about your scholarship, your... uh, brilliance. So let me hear something from you. Then Keshav Kashmiri asked, so what do you want to hear? This Ganga, please say something in glorification of Ganga. Then Keshav Kashmiri composed hundred prayers, hundred verses in glorification of Ganga. And their composition was like the flow of the Ganges. Like 
he was such a brilliant poet that without pausing, without stopping, he just kept on composing one after another. So then he asked, so how did you like it? It's nice, nice. <laughs> there are uh, like there are some it's full of uh, full of ornaments, full of good qualities in poetry. And there are some defects here and there. Defects? In my composition there is no defect. So he just chastised him for some time. What do you understand of poetry? You're just a teacher, you just give grammar. What do you understand of poetry? So Mahaprabhu sat down and listened to his chastisement. Keshav Kashmir then said, Tell me, what is the what is the fault? Let's see what you understand of poetry. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu quoted one verse from that, which is saying, "The glory of Ganga, Mahatang Gangaya, Shatatam Abhati Nitaram, manifest all the time." Jadesha Shri Vishnu's Charanatpati Sukhada. That it emanated from the lotus feet of Shri Vishnu. Ditya Shri Lakshmi Riva Shuranarui Shri Archacharana. Her lotus feet are worshipped by the demigods and human beings. Shuranarui just like second Lakshmi Devi, Ditya Shri Lakshmi Eva Archacharana, Suranarai Archacharana, Bhavanu Bhartirja Shirashi Vibhavati Arputakuna. And Lord Shiva, Ganga is so glorious that Lord Shiva is holding Ganga on his head. So, the poet was struck. I composed the hundred, hundred verses like a storm. How did you memorize it? How could you memorize this one particular verse? So Mahaprabhu replied, just by whose mercy somebody become a great poet, somebody can also become Shrutidhar, meaning remembering whatever he hears once. So this is how Chaitanya Mahaprabhu first baffled him. So <clears throat> then he asked, "What are the uh, what are the defects?" Chaitanya Mahaprabhu pointed out in this particular verse there are five qualities and five defects. And those five defects he pointed out, four of them are grammatical complex things, like, you know, like two of them were general composition is the subject comes first and then comes predicate. But here, the predicate came first and subject came after, after that. So two cases he pointed that out. 
Another one he pointed out that it was a reputation. And one very one wonderful aspect, one that was very wonderful, that is easily understandable. Like it is called Biruddhamati, <coughs> contradictory concept. Contradictory concept. And the contradictory concept he is saying, pointed out, that he described Lord Shiva as Bhavani. Bhavani, that is Durga, and Bharta means husband, husband of Durga. So he pointed out that the word Bhavani is derived from Bhava. Bhavani means Bhava's wife, Lord Shiva's wife. So to say Lord Shiva's wife's husband. <laughs> so as if uh, Lord Shiva's wife has another husband then, <laughs> other than Lord Shiva. So this is how uh, he just pointed out five defects in just one one verse. So this Keshav Kashmiri was completely defeated. All the students there started to laugh. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, no. A great personality should not be humiliated. Your brilliance, nobody can doubt about your brilliance. Nobody can contest your brilliance. And you are indeed a great poet. Even in the composition of great poets, there are sometimes some defects. So, uh, that's, uh, that's not important. And <clears throat> but still, Keshav Kashmiri was so heartbroken that he went to his house and he started to pray to Lord Devi Saraswati that you had you had to humiliate me in this way that had to accept defeat from a young boy. So when he was crying like that, that he was naturally a very proud person. Like he, after defeating so many scholars, being recognized as the greatest scholar of all time, who was totally undefeated. So, and never ever he had been defeated. So, now he had to accept defeat from a young boy. So then Saraswati appeared to him in a dream and told him, Keshav, your learning has been successful today because the personality who defeated you is none other than my master himself. He is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. That is the perfection of your learning, that the Lord himself defeated you. So the next morning, Keshav Kashmiri went and surrendered himself to Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So, huh? Shri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Ki. So, does anybody have any question?
Hare Krishna Maharaj, how did or who gave Mahaprabhu the name Chaitanya? Yeah, this name is actually his sannyas name. His, whose question is this one? Yeah. His sannyas name is Krishna Chaitanya. So from that, uh, that's how he became known as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And meaning of word Chaitanya. Chaitanya apparently means consciousness. Consciousness. So he is the source of all consciousness. Or uh, he is distributing Krishna over consciousness, Krishna Chaitanya. Vedic culture before marriage, it was customary to astrological match both horoscopes. Marriages were successful. No divorce. Now there is horoscope matching, but there are divorces. Why? Maharaj, please enlighten and how to rectify. Nice question to ask a sannyasi. <laughs> anyway, and sannyasi's business is to enlighten everyone. <laughs> you see, as you mentioned, uh, Vedic culture and the outset, and that was the Vedic culture. You see, Vedic culture is a spiritual culture. And spiritual culture means restrain your senses in order to rec- understand the spiritual reality. But today's culture has become diametrically opposed. Mm-hmm. Today's culture has become the culture of sense gratification. So in Vedic culture, sense gratification was a secondary thing. It was not the primary consideration. Yes, in a material life, materialistic way of life, one does want certain amount of sense gratification. Like, I mean, we every day we say, Koribare Jyubhajai, in order to conquer the most dangerous of all our senses, tongue. Krishna has given Krishna Krishna. Prabhupada himself told me once that the devotees have only one sense gratification. They have a liberty to have only one sense gratification. Prashad. So make sure that the devotees get nice prashad. <laughs> that is the only sense gratification they so, yes, you know, certain amount of sense gratification is permissible. But not sense gratification is the sole purpose of our existence. And sense gratification leads to that. If it is not conducive but to my sense gratification, I reject it. And 12th canto of Srimad Bhagavatam is explaining that. That whole thing, the man-woman relationship would be so based on sense gratification that whenever there is any lack of it or any hindrance to that relationship will break and that's what is happening today 
But in Vedic culture, the purpose of marriage was not sense gratification. The purpose of marriage was to procreate, to, to produce nice children. Putrarthe kriyate bharja. The purpose of accepting a wife is to produce children. So that was the purpose. And, and the whole system was so well structured that there was no need for separating. There was no consideration for separating. And the thing is like, it was not just a husband and wife. It was the entire family. A girl did not get married uh, to the husband. She got married to the whole family. Uh, she is surrounded by all the other members of the family. And so, you know, that is, that's why this, the whole system was so well structured and secured. But unfortunately that's gone, you know, due to the age of Kali, due to the influence of the age of Kali, which is, you know, everyone is so intensely involved in sense gratification that, you know, like, any hindrance to that, you know, they sever the relationship. Does it answer your question? Thank you. So anyway, once again, I will tell uh, all of you, remind all of you, that uh, please, uh, husband and wife, make it a point that uh, your relationship never breaks. And kind of half-jokingly yesterday I mentioned that even in death they do not part. Uh, the Christian concept is until death, in death do they part. But our understanding is even in death they do not part. So that is uh, how the Vedic uh, relationship should be maintained. Like no consideration of separation. Like, anyway, so I'm saying it, uh, I'm kind of uh, emphasizing this point because there are, unfortunately, there are so many, so many broken marriages in this country. Like, it's really unfortunate because I'm, the immediate reaction to that, at least to me, is they didn't understand what they are supposed to pursue, what they are supposed to follow. Like, <clears throat> in a husband and wife, according to the Vedic culture, together they are one unit. It's one half. A wife is known as Ardhangini, Ardhangini. The half of the body <coughs> of the man is the wife. And together they make one unit. So there is no consideration of separation. And <clears throat> in Vedic culture the other consideration also is, and see how scientific it is, this culture. A woman doesn't actually belong to the father's family. The, woman, the girl doesn't get the family gotra. 
When she gets married, she assumes her husband's go through. Why? Because the girl is, the daughter is not the husband, the father's property. The daughter is the husband's property. And father is the caretaker, custodian. And when the daughter grows up, he hands her over to the, to her rightful proprietor. I mean, I don't know today, you know, in the age of women's lib, you know, how they'll take it, you know, but, you know, I'm just, I mean, this is the real human culture. And in that society, everyone becomes happy. Everyone becomes happy. And in this world of intense sense gratification, everyone is intensely unhappy. Today, what is the biggest problem in this world? Stress. You translate this word stress, they try to put it in a dignified way, stress. But actually it means miserable. They're so miserable that they're completely stressed. This is, now, do you want to go for that life or do you want to uh, select the other one, which has been presented by Srila Prabhupada in the form of his Iskhan. So at least I will say, in Iskhan, once you get married, never separate. Never separate. Thank you. <clears throat> Prabhash Krishna Das. Uh, Sri Advaita Acharya was incarnation of Mahavishnu or Narad Muni, who was Gadadhar Pandit. Yeah, Advaita Acharya is the incarnation of Mahavishnu. I don't know where you got it, Narad Muni. <laughs> That's not right. But it is said Advaita Acharya is an incarnation of Mahavishnu as well as Shadashi, Lord Shiva from Vaikuntha. Vaikuntha Shiva. Who is again non different from Mahavishnu? Same personality. In order to deal with the material nature, Ma Vishnu transforms himself into Lord Shiva. So that is Advaita Acharya. And who is Gadadhar Pandit? Gadadhar Pandit is Srimati Radharani. So Srimati Radharani's incarnation in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's pastimes. Hare Krishna Maharaj, material creation is said to be eternal, but is uh, and oh, and annihilated again and again. So why is it called eternal? No, uh, whose question is this? Yeah, no, material nature is not eternal. Material nature is temporary. Only spiritual nature is eternal. Material nature has two aspects: manifest and unmanifest. When the Lord glances towards the material nature, material nature becomes manifest. And the living entities are projected into the material nature. As if material nature is the mother and the Lord is the seed-giving father. And then when the Lord withdraws his glance, then all the living entities are withdrawn. So if there is no living entity here, will this world be manifest? So it's unmanifest. 
So this material nature has Vyakta Abhyakta Abhyakta Dini Bhutani Vyakta Madhani Bharata Material nature is unmanifest but in the middle it becomes manifest. It is said one should beat up one's mind with shoes and broomstick. How should one do it? <laughs> Control the weakened mind by what means? Beating with shoes and <laughs> cleaning with the broom. Yeah. Beat with the broom at, before going to bed. That means all the dirt that has been accumulated during the daytime, we, you sweep it away, right, with the broom. And in the morning, when you wake up, beat it up with the shoes. Don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. <laughs> so that is how we control our mind. But the best way to control the mind is by project, project, presenting the mind at the lotus feet of Krishna. Man mana bhava. With the mind, just think of Krishna. So, if we think of Krishna with the mind all the time, then the mind will be controlled. Actually, mind's main business, only business, is to think about Krishna. But due to our involvement in the material nature, we get dragged towards the external world, to the objects of the senses, by our senses. Consciousness is dragged externally through our mind towards the external world, objects of the senses. So that's why we have to learn to kind of counteract that by using the mind in engaging in service of Krishna. Right? Mind will think, this morning only we were discussing about it, the concept that through meditation you make your mind thoughtless doesn't work. It works with some very, very powerful yogis. The fifth stage of Ashtanga Yoga is Pratyahara. Withdrawing the uh, mind, withdrawing the consciousness from the objects of the senses. And then only one is able to meditate, projecting the consciousness internally to the core of the heart. So, <clears throat> but ordinary people cannot do that. Uh, mind will always think. Therefore, the own best way is to, whatever you are thinking, direct it towards Krishna. Uh, that is the meaning of Krishna consciousness. And otherwise, the so-called meditation, Krishna is actually giving us a warning. Karmendriyani samyamya ja aste manasasmaran One who withdraws his senses, Sarvendriyani Sanjamaya. But in his mind he is dwelling into the objects of the senses, Manasasma. <coughs> and Krishna is saying, Mithasara Charas Chitting. It is cheating. Cheating. That's not meditation. So <coughs> okay. Maharaj, how are we to understand 
the purpose of illusion because it seems that we will be in illusion as a, a result of maya or as a result of yoga maya. <clears throat> yeah. Illusion means to mistake somebody to be something that it is not. That's the definition of illusion. Example, mirage appears to be like water, but it is hot sand. Hot sand is fire. Mistaking fire to be water, which is completely opposed. So that is illusion. It's not that, but we are thinking. This world is not a place for enjoyment, but we are thinking that this is a place for enjoyment. We are going to derive so much enjoyment here. That's illusion. Com mistaking the place of suffering to be a place of enjoyment. That's what this material nature is. And this is caused by the illusory energy of the Lord, Maya. But that is Mahamaya. But Yoga Maya, as you mentioned, apparently Maya means illusion, so it is also illusion. But it is Krishna's arrangement. Krishna is making this arrangement for his pastimes. For example, uh, Krishna doesn't need to act like, uh, Krishna doesn't need to steal butter. Does Krishna need to steal butter? Uh, I mean the personality who owns the entire creation, even if you don't take it that way, the person, the house where they have 900,000 cows, in that house, can there be any dirt of butter? <laughs> but he is going and stealing butter. Huh? Why he is doing that? To give pleasure to his devotees. So that is Yoga Maya. Sambhavami Atma Maya. Internal Maya. Okay. Then... <coughs> Okay, it's a question from Rigank. <laughs> uh, Hare Krishna Maharaj, Dandavatanam. You mentioned that Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came for two purposes, external and internal. External to show that Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. However, I didn't understand what the internal purpose was. Please help me. Very good question. I didn't get into that, huh? but since you asked, like the internal purpose is Krishna, after performing his pastimes, he wondered, what is there in me that attracts Shrimati Radharani so much to me? Now, why Radharani is so much attractive? I can understand that I am attracted to her, but what is there in me that she is attracted to? And he considered, what is the depth of Radharani's love for me? And by loving me, what kind of joy does she derive? 
to understand these three things. What is there in me that Radharani becomes so attractive? What is the depth or glory of Srimati Radharani's love for me? And what kind of joy does she experience by loving me? In order to understand these three things, he could not understand these three things himself. Although he is the omniscient, but these three things he couldn't understand himself. Therefore, he had to become Radharani. He had to stand on Radharani's shoes uh, and play the way Radharani plays, that is, the way Radharani loves him. Uh, and in order to do that, she, uh, he had to kind of become Radharani. <laughs> so, these are the three reasons why uh, he appeared as the moon, the way the moon appeared from the milk ocean. Chaitanya moon, Chaitanya Chandra appeared from the womb of Sachimata. Sachigarbha Sindhu Okay? So these are the three external internal reasons why he had to become, you know, he had to like become one with Srimati How these days Bengali people worship Durga Devi which Durga they worship, Mahamaya or Yogamaya? They don't worship anyone. <laughs> what they do is not worship. In simple uh, Bengali language, I think it's a Hindi language also, what they do is Tamasha. <laughs> tamasha means uh, just some, uh, yeah. Tamasha means uh, that also is a bad show, <laughs> a frivolous uh, activity. It's a frivolous activity. In the name of worshipping Durga, they just uh, kind of uh, try to get some fun. So that's why, but apparently they're worshipping Mahamaya. Yogamaya uh, is internal potency of the and Maya Mahamaya is Durga who punishes the demons, Mahishashura. So those who have demoniac mentality, Durga punishes them. That's why Yogamaya has eight arms, Durga has ten arms. Two extra arms are, she is holding a snake and a trident. The snake is symbolizing time. The snake uh, is uh, putting the living entities in the coil, in a coil of time, and with the trident, threefold misery, she is punishing the demoniac individuals. Hare Krishna. <coughs> Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. 
what is the status of Lord Shiva? Uh, kindly exp- explain his relationship with Lord Krishna. Very good. Uh, thank you. Uh, <clears throat> Lord Shiva is an expansion of the Supreme Personality of God. Krishna himself transforms himself into Lord Shiva. This has been very beautifully explained in Brahma Samhita. It says, Kshiram Jatha Dadhi Vikara Vishesha Yogat Sanjayate Nahitata Prithagasti Heto Ya Sambhutam Apitatha Samupaiti Just as milk is transformed into yogurt. Kshiram, milk, jatha, just as dadhi, dahi, vikara vishesha yoga, with the touch of culture. You put the culture in milk, it turns into yogurt. Similarly, in order to perform some special purpose, Krishna transforms himself into Sambhutam, Sambhu, Lord Shiva, Samupaiti Karja. So, now what is that special purpose? The special purpose is to deal with the material nature. You see, this material nature is Krishna's external energy. Now, since it's the external energy, he cannot directly deal with the material nature. Because if it, if it deals with the material nature directly, then it will become internal energy. Right? But since it is external energy, so he transforms himself into Lord Shiva to deal with the material nature. Through Lord Shiva, he deals with the material nature. Now, therefore, you see, Material nature is Durga, who is her husband, Lord Shiva. Now what is the special purpose, special business? Why does Lord Shiva, the law, why does the Lord have to deal with the material nature? To project the living entity. To project the living entity. Otherwise, the material nature would not become manifest. So it's so he glances. Again, Brahma Samhita is describing that. Lord's glance is actually Sambhu. Lord's glance is actually Mahakal, the time. So it is through his glance that these living entities are projected in the material nature. Just as when Krishna said that Tasang Brahma Mahajonir Aham Bija Pragapita. I am the seed giving father in the womb of this mother nature. So who is that father? That father is Lord Shiva. Now another consideration. How is Lord Shiva worshipped? Lord Shiva is worshipped in the form of Lingam. Like, because the living entities are coming through him. But this lingam is Jyoti lingam. Jyoti means effulgent. 
All the living entities are the effulgent entities, conscious beings that are being projected through Lord Shiva and the perfect manifestation of that is Lord Shiva. So that is the relationship between Lord Shiva and Krishna. And of course, as Lord Shiva, he performs various activities also. One activity is destruction. He is, therefore, he is in the gunavatar, you know, of the controller of the mode of ignorance. Undertakes destruction. Brahma creates, Vishnu maintains, Shiva destroys. So, uh, yes, Bhagavata <laughs> Shiva. So significant as Thank you so much. <laughs> Hare Krishna, all glories to Srila Prabhupada. Gaur Premanande. Hare Krishna.